Hello, Dave. Hello, Ollie. Hello, welcome to Sustainable 7. Sustainable yes. 7, hooray, here we are. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. It's the end of the week and I'm pleased it's the weekend. How are you? Ah, oh, a bit sad. Spock's dead. Spock's dead? Spock's dead. A bit oh, sad about that. That is sad news. Yeah. But then is again, it? you know, it, what we'll have to do is we'll have to sustain a babble long and prosper. That's what he would have wanted. <laughs> exactly how apt. Uh, well, this is our weekly podcast about the environment and uh, politics and stuff and how it's all difficult. Uh, it's our own thing. It's nothing to do with the people what we work for. So have a go at us, not them, if you've got anything to, um, to have a go about. What are we going to be talking about this week, Dave? We are going to be talking about birds dying. Uh, mm. We're going to be talking about a rather awkward interview that was uh, that took place this week, which I'm sure everyone in the entire world has heard, and you'll get to know what we think about it. We're going to be looking at a couple of terrible beastly people, and we're looking at Keystone in America, and whether or not it is a reason to be cheerful, what has gone on or not. Mm, exciting. Well, shall we crack on? Sustainable of the week. So every week we have a look at some of the egregious eco-guff out there, the, the nonsense, the jargon spoken in the name of all things green and the environment, and we expose it for what it is. And this week we've got a bit of a treat, Dave. Yeah, grisly news from the States. Oh. oh grisly news. Uh, what's been happening is birds uh, have been being set on fire by renewable energy. Holy shit. What, why? Hey? Well, see, this is what it, right, you know, when you were a kid, you were telling me about this, you did that awful, terrible thing, didn't you, that kids do, where you get a magnifying glass and you concentrate the sun's rays. Oh, thank God, that one. I thought you were going to say the, yeah, Yeah. not the other one. Uh, Yes, no, 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 I did, and and I've always felt guilty about that. What do those poor little ants do to me until I fried them? Yeah, well, it's very beastly of you, but basically that's what has happened to some birds, pretty much over in Nevada, where they've got a thing called concentrated solar power, which is not uh, solar panel thinking really hard, but is uh, lots... Imagine that idea of a mirror, and imagine lots and lots and lots of mirrors, like lots of mirrors in a big circular arrangement, all focusing the sun's rays onto one spot. It's like something out of science fiction. It's this amazing, incredibly bright, incredibly hot heat is generated, incredibly hot heat. And what happens is... What do you reckon happens if you've got, like, I don't know, thousands of mirrors all concentrating the sun's rays and you're a bird and you fly into that? What do you think happens? Well, it's maybe it's winter and you, you're a bit chilly and you and you get nicely, nicely warmed up. Mm, well, a witness <laughs> said uh, the birds turned white hot and vaporised completely. Uh, so Sorry, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not. Really. It's, not it's not funny, really. Uh, it, you know, with, with really reference to poor old Mr. Spock, who's just died, their, their phases were set to vaporise. Why, to... 
you bring that up. Now I sound like a complete bastard. <laughs> Even more than I did before. Yeah, well, so, uh, you know, you like killing things with with, <laughs> with, with, hot, with hot rays from the sun, so I don't see why it's a problem. Anyway, um, so if it was you or I, what do you think you'd say if, if you built something and it had vaporised some birds? What do you think you'd so say? So if, if I'd accidentally focused the ray, and this is the thing, it was an accident, wasn't it? They were, they were adjusting some of the mirrors yeah. and got a bit wrong. Didn't mean so to. So instead of focusing the mirrors at, this, at the central beam, they yeah. focused it at the birds about a thousand feet up. Yeah. Um, so if I'd done that, if I was the boss, I would be, I would be properly contrite. I would not dress it up. I would say, "We're really, really sorry. We fried those birds. That was awful. It, it should never have happened. Yeah. We, we can only apologise." And here's a like here's a here's a donation to a bird charity or something. Yeah, That's exactly. Just what you yeah. do, isn't it? Uh, we should hear what they. Do you want to hear what they actually said? Oh yeah, please. You got a clip? Oh uh, well, I have. Well, you've 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 got this. Who, what, what's going on here? Who's gonna? What? <laughs> Yeah, so we've got, we've got our first guest on the show, ah. um, and um, I'm delighted to introduce my five-year-old niece, and she is called Arabella, and she doesn't like Sustainable any more than we do, um, so she, she asked if she could read out this week's Sustainable of the Week. So here is Arabella, aged five and a half, reading out what the boss of this solar plant said after it fried the birds. We had some avian incidents during the week of January 11. Mm. 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 Not not frying birds, just a a Commodore Garden avian incident. Nothing to worry about. Move along. 150 (laughs) avian incidents is actually how many many avians they incidented. 150. That's how many birds they fried. And can I just say how much I I loved Arabella reading it out. I want Arabella back every week. Uh, I want her presented to co... uh, 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 Promoted to co-host. And (laughs) actually, you you can just go. No, that's fine. That's fine. To be honest, she'd be fine with that. Um, uh, Arabella is is no shrinking violet, and I, I fully expect her to um, to feature every week. Yes, so thank you very much to Arabella and Arabella's mummy and daddy. Should Amazing. we say the thing? Should we get? Should we say the thing about uh, birds and renewable energy and how? Because obviously this was in the Daily Mail. This was reported. Um, not just in the Daily Mail, but in the Daily Mail as like you know renewable energy death ray murders animals that sort of thing. You know, and they always yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. always doing the thing about wind farms killing birds and all that sort of stuff and You're it's usually mincing bird slicing eco crucifixes right yeah. yeah and wind turbines do kill birds and as we've established so so concentrated solar farms very much kill birds if you if you aim them at birds right <laughs> not so much kill birds it's obliterate, <laughs> obliterate birds in half birds. a nanosecond <laughs> and it's not funny right so but, no but i would have a lot more respect for the people writing the stories about uh, you know how wind farms kill birds, and isn't it awful? If they didn't, st- you know, f- file their copy and go for lunch and stuff chicken in their face, um, <laughs> what that, or, the famous bird chicken, the, that bird chicken, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nearly in the UK. There's like a billion. It's just short of a billion chickens every year are killed just so people can shove them unnecessarily in their face because <laughs> they like them, right? Whereas what we're trying to do here, what we're talking about anyway, we're not doing it. We're not blowing up birds. But what is trying to happen is that we're trying to find find ways of powering this planet that doesn't destroy all life on it including birds right and it is unfortunate very unfortunate that if you you know get a bird gets in the way of your renewable energy or you point it at it it's unfortunate that you have you know kind of an avian incident but in the scheme of things it does annoy me when people moan yeah. on about these bird destroying eco crucifixes or in this case guided lasers 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, so the Daily, I saw the Daily Express claim, and I mean, you take this with a massive pinch of salt, given that Daily Express claimed that it's either going to be Arctic freeze for the next six months or barbecue summer for the next six months, depending on which day of the week it is. Mm. But they claim that up to a million birds are killed each year by wind turbines, which even if it's true, is is quite a long way shy of the 30 million birds killed every year by cars mm. um, or the 55 million birds, according to the RSPB, killed every year by cats. Mm. Uh, or, as you say, <laughs> the billion killed by us in order to eat them. Or, you know, the loads and loads and loads of birds that will die if climate change is allowed to just go on unchecked and they have nowhere to live and all of their normal habitats get too hot or too cold or too snowy or whatever. You're right, Dave. Oh God! Oh, oh God! But, well, listener, um, I should inform you that through the power of Skype, I can see Dave in a lot of anguish. He's got a pained expression, and he's sort of chewing his fist. Oh. What's up? Oh God! Did you hear it? Oh, oh that. God! Oh, you know what? You know. I know. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Oh God! Oh, it was. Oh God! <laughs> I believe. I believe you are referring to a slightly um, unfortunate uh, political interview in, oh in the God. week. Oh dear. Should we have a little... Let's have a little listen. Have a little listen. Put it on. Well, the cost of 500,000 homes, let's start with that. How much is that going to be? Right. Well, that's... that's um, you've, got, you've got a total cost um, that, we, that, that will be spelt out in a manifesto. So you don't know? No, well, no you don't. Right. So we don't know how much those homes are going to cost, but the way it's going to be funded is mortgage relief from private landlords. How much is that worth? Right. Well, what, what, what we're looking at in, term, in terms of the, the figures yeah. here, yeah. Um, yeah, what we, we need to do is actually... Uh, we're looking at a total spend of $2.7 500,000 homes, 2.7... What are they made of? Plywood? Um, but basically, what we're talking about is 500,000 new homes, and basically each one pound spent on this brings back two pounds forty. No, but what is the total cost of 500,000 homes? Um, God, oh God, oh, make it stop! Uh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's oh no, it's not pretty. Listening, I'm sort of you know you hear about it. Someone says been a shocking political interview give it a listen you're like oh brilliant excellent let's have a little listen to this hearing a politician fall from grace but that is just it's just inhuman you want someone to just go in there and pull the plug out of the internet and just make it stop i know well i bet she want uh, she wanted it to go away didn't she i mean she came out she had no choice came out and that was uh, natalie bennett of course we haven't even said who that was natalie oh, yeah, bennett uh, leader of the green party <laughs> who gave an interview uh to last week by the time you listened to this to nick ferrari on lbc when she was asked some kind of basic stuff about policies her party is proposing and went all to pieces um and it wasn't a great interview. She admitted it was not a very good interview and wrote a thing in The Guardian that, you know, said, I'm a human and we all have off days and I had a cold. But it's, you know, it, it's sort of a wider question about personality politics, in my head at least. Um, you know, it's all terribly exciting, isn't it, when, when politicians screw up, um, especially ones who we haven't really heard of before and ones who have been slightly riding a crest of, crest of a wave of, you know, Excitement and, and uh, popularity, but oh, I don't know if it matters. And I don't know, I don't really know whether, and this is something I want to ask you, whether fixing climate change, solving the environmental problems we've got is something which is 
ever going to rest on the shoulders of individuals, mm. however charismatic they are. And I don't know the answer because I, I feel like it's kind of up to all of us. It's up to people like you and me who are working on it to build massive, massive alliances of a wide range of people in society and institutions and make us powerful, more powerful than your rotters of the week that we chronicle who are working against us and win that way. And therefore, it doesn't really matter what our supposed leaders do. But is that that true? I don't know. I think it'd be helpful, if I'm being honest. It would be helpful to have a Churchill on climate change or someone, you know, someone who kind of... Someone with a massive cigar. Someone with a massive cigar and a white cat and, a you know, sort of (laughs) someone who you would follow into the metaphorical trenches, uh, out of the trenches, I suppose. Um, Because I I, I do think one of the problems is that, that it... Because it seems like such a massive thing to get your head around everybody all the opinion polls say climate change is a problem renewable energy is good but because the stuff that actually is required the idea of um, as someone said to us earlier today the idea that you have to actually swallow the red pill you have to go for it you have to you know you have to decide that you want to change your life you have to decide that the system that we live in is not really one that you want your kids or your grandkids to inherit and to do that comes with risks and it's difficult and actually i kind of think it'd be nice to have someone who people were prepared to follow because you know there are a lot of people who get it who are changing their lives and building alliances and and doing what they can but most people aren't like that most people just want to feel that it's all right that it's safe that you know that there's there's people they can follow so while i don't think we can sit around and wait for that person to arrive and i think if that person did turn up tomorrow they probably wouldn't have a very easy job anyway you know witness witness al gore or someone like that yeah you know? well I was, I was gonna i was gonna ring him up actually um you're gonna ring him up you're gonna get him on the podcast <laughs> yeah oh sorry i thought everyone had his number but uh no because we we nearly had that we nearly had the sort of green superman didn't we in america leader of the free world was nearly someone who was was making a big big deal out of climate change and mm. There's a lot of what ifs about the old. When was that? That was 2000, wasn't it? That that election. A long time um, ago. Yeah. yeah, it was. But but then then you get to thinking. Well, actually, would he have stayed up there on the pedestal? Surely he would have been built up by the people who wanted to see stuff done on climate change, and then mercilessly cut down in a way that that's sort of what we in the West do to all of our great heroic leaders. Um, and I, I don't know. I I, I still don't think we could have done without the powerful, powerful movement. But mm. but isn't a large of... part of this about, just, just isn't a bit of this about, so we're looking to politicians for leadership, but actually it's quite rare, isn't it? If you look at like Mandela and Martin Luther King and people like that, it's quite rare that these visionary leaders actually come out of mainstream politics, out of political parties. Yeah. And indeed, given the general distaste for mainstream politics at the moment anyway maybe that's the wrong place maybe that's the wrong place to look maybe it'll come from somewhere else entirely you know from from the people who are teenagers now or the people you know yeah somewhere yeah. maybe that's that's where to look i don't know because it's so hard to get anything done as a politician isn't it and so hard to get people to actually follow you and when, when people think you're all a bunch of liars yeah but is it can you get anything done if you're not a politician if you're not in the game i mean you can you can have a lot of influence if you're not a politician, obviously. But someone's got a someone's on the handle of uh, the levers of power, and someone's got to press the red button or or the green button, I guess, in this case. Mm. But I just wanted to. I mean, it, it kind of leads us on. Should we should we go on to our sort of reasons to be cheerful, actually? Because yeah. yeah. there is a there is a link here, which is that the current POTUS 
president of the US. Yeah. Uh, I know Rand Hunk. Has this week, in pretty massive news, has vetoed the Keystone Pipeline. Now, this is a massive, great, big hose pipe. <laughs> mm. It's probably underplaying it. It's what's bigger than a hose pipe. You know, do you ever have those things you used to what's swoosh around your head? A hose pipe, a pipeline. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's a pipe. I'm trying to. I'm trying to aid our listeners with a little visual. Well, you just call it a pipeline. They know what a pipeline is. That's stupid. Arabella might not know what a pipeline is. Well, she, she might not does. know what a hose pipe is. All right, pipeline. pipeline. Big pipeline. Yeah, going to take loads and loads of I think tar sand from Alberta throughout all the precious bits of America down to the all the way down to the south and uh yeah all bad news terrible news for the climate um and there's been a huge fight over it in america i'm sure lots of people know about it but after weeks and weeks months of trying to avoid having to use his veto on this project trying to get the courts to say it wasn't legal yada 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 he's gone all right i veto it i the president of the usa am not gonna let this thing happen good news eh? well obviously good news you know, it, a pipeline that what some Republicans wanted to get built is, as of today, not getting built. But it isn't, you know, it, actually, it's not as simple as that, is it? Because you said he vetoed the pipeline. He didn't veto the pipeline. He vetoed the Republicans trying to force it through quicker. So he's been, him and his office have been looking at this pipeline for something like five or six years. It's been a massive, great, yeah, long-running thing. And, you know, he says that he wants to be satisfied that the environment, it, it won't worsen environmental problems like climate change and they're getting all this research and it's it's a bit like the old in the uk the old airport expansion thing it's one of these great long you know investigation things that actually the suspicion is it's probably going to go you know the 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 wrong way in the end anyway so what he said was you're not going to force my hand on this i'll do this in my own sweet time thank you very much and and delayed it some of the big american groups um did what you just did you know they should know better frankly by saying that's the end of Keystone. Uh, but uh, some of the other ones said, well, actually, what you should do now is formally make it the end of Keystone rather than just saying he won't be he won't be bullied into it. Um, and even then, so, so then, you know, straight away, what have I done then? I've gone, yeah, but come on, he's not really done anything special. It's that natural inclination, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's only Barry Obi. It's only, you know, <laughs> he's only he's only gone and like... You know, saved it, just just not want to be pushed around. He doesn't really care about climate change. And it doesn't matter whether I think that or not. I do think he cares about climate change. And I do think he's a, you know, he's a, a decent guy and all that. But the way politics works is you just have this feeling that that thing is going to end up getting built one day and that he can try and try and try to, to push it off. You don't? I, I don't know. Well, who knows? But he had a choice, right? He had a choice between using his presidential veto and and using up a whole heap of political capital in the process or not. And he's done it. He's done it. He's spent, if he's got a check for a million quid of political capital, he's just spent 995,000 of it on this, I reckon. It's a big deal. It ups the stakes. And I think it's right to celebrate it because you've got to what you've if they do a thing like this which they don't really want to do but they've done anyway you've got to then say you've done the right thing oh, that yeah. is brilliant oh, hold yeah. course you know don't don't falter we're right behind you otherwise they might just go what's the bloody point you can't do anything right I've got people like dave just going yeah but you know complete and that's a nasty tarag of the week 
So every week we have a look at the rotters, the swines, the beastly people, the ne'er-do-wells who have made our lives that much worse than they already are because they said rubbish things in the environment world. Who have we got this week, Dave? Well, this week's despicable person is a despicable science person. Oh. Um, and there's no Evil. worse sort of despicable person than a despicable science person. And it is a person called Willie Soon. Basically, it's been revealed this week that he, that Willie Soon, who writes all these um, studies saying climate change isn't happening, that he got $1.2 million in funding from the fossil fuel industry over a decade and basically didn't feel that he needed to mention that at all in any no. of his of any of his uh, studies that he wrote so he'd write all these studies saying climate change isn't a problem and we don't need to stop oil companies burning uh, fossil fuels and he was getting paid by the fossil fuel a bit of cock brothers were in there weren't they it was the great and the good of the uh... yeah bit of cock yeah <laughs> <laughs> And this is a good cock bros. And one of the uh, Exxon Mobil, who are not the nicest monkeys in the zoo themselves, lovely, uh, lovely even lovely when Exxon. when it was exposed that they'd started, that they'd funded him, they stopped funding him. I mean, that's how you know. Even Exxon Mobil realised it's a bit a bit dodgy being exposed to this sort of stuff. And you know, so you've got a problem, which is a guy who is supposed to be an independent scientist actually gets paid massive amounts of money by the fossil fuel companies. Uh, and then he actually came out and he said, "Well, yeah, but hang on, no, I, I." I I actually, I in practice, I earn less than the minimum wage because I work, I love science so much, and I do so many hours that actually per hour I may as well go and work in McDonald's. Oh, that's that's just that's offensive on so many levels. Yeah, it's a, it's like for a start, I'm doing croc science, right? Not yeah. sorry about that. Secondly, I'm being paid by the people who are causing global warming to do croc science that says global warming isn't happen happening, but I'm not sorry about that either third i'm getting paid a packet to do this they're lining my pockets and sending me off to these stupid bloody heartland institute conferences or whatever and i'm not sorry about that and fourth i'm just going to insult all the people who actually are on the minimum wage and are working an honest living and you know massive kind of soul destroying burger flipping joints uh by saying well you you know probably earning more money than me what an ass prediction time Okay, prediction time. So every week we have a look at what we predicted, what actually happened, and what's going to happen this week. What happened last week? Well, you made a big old prediction about a select committee hearing, didn't you? The Minister for the Environment was up in front of a thing called the Environmental Audit Committee, which is a committee that investigates whether or not the government is any good on the environment. And you, for some reason best known to yourself, made a prediction as to what would happen during the course of the entire thing. Hmm, Hmm. yeah. And I said that what was going to happen was that the minister was going to say everything's fine. The last five years have been exemplary on the environment in terms of government performance and everything's fine. And the committee themselves are going to say, uh, no, it's, it's, it's not fine. So would you like to hear what happened? Yes, please. Committee room six, sound. But how will you know whether or not it is or isn't working? How will you know? How, how will you know? You say if it is the case that the voluntary approach isn't working, how will you know? What have you got in place to make the assessment so that that isn't working? Well, there are. I mean, there's a number of. As, as, as you'll be aware, I was responding to that debate as the, as the responsible minister 
I accuse you of knitting together quite a few different things there and making it sound like one thing in order that Mr. Rogerson, the minister, comes out particularly badly. Is that what you've done? How very dare you? <laughs> yes, you have. That's exactly what you've done. Yes, yeah, look, you have. That maybe the words spoken there were not in precisely the same order as they were spoken in real life. But all of those words were spoken, particularly the mumbly ones. So your prediction was that he would say everything was brilliant and they would say it isn't. I think you probably, I think you probably won that, haven't you? I think that's probably right, judging yeah. by that little sound clip there anyway. Excellent. I think you oh. can have that one. Good news. Yeah. A point to me. Yeah. Well what done. Does that make? Is that one all? That's one all. Yes. We're getting better at this. So here's a prediction. It's my turn, isn't it? Right. Um, my prediction is this is something that doesn't require me to sit through an hour and a half of interminable mumbling. Um, I could <laughs> good, I'd just talk to start. you if I want to do that. So <laughs> instead, next Saturday, there's a massive climate march going on, right? There is. I'm going to be on it. Are you going to be on it? Uh, no, I'm going to be in Snowdonia on a on a holiday. So you don't clear, care about the planet. I don't care about the planet. Not remotely, yeah. remotely bothered about it. And it's happening in London and other places as well, or just London? Just London, eh? No, it's just London. Just London. And the I last one of that these that was wrong. in London got, they reckon, 40,000 people on it, right? Mm. So my prediction is there are going to be more people on this one. That's my prediction. All right. Yeah. I'll hold you to that. Well, I, I better make sure I turn up. You'll be gutted if it's 40,000 and I, I fall asleep and forget to make it. That's the sort of thing you do, isn't it? You turn up <laughs> at it, you, you do a quick head count, work out there was 39,999 people <laughs> on it, and you wouldn't go just so you could win a prediction. No, nah, no, nah, not going. I'm not going. <laughs> but what Don't about care the planet? What I say. <laughs> Okay, so that is just about it for this week. Sustainable seven done. Done. Tick. Very good. Well done, Ollie. You were very good this week. Thanks, man. A magnificent seven. Yeah. You were sublime as ever. Uh, as was Dickie Moore and his wonderful music, courtesy of his band Bearcraft. We're always grateful, never more so than this week. Yeah, we're grateful to Arabella, the new star of the show, who next week will be presenting from the start. And you, Ollie, will be doing the little <laughs> intermittent bits and counting yourself lucky you still have a job. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Very good. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. We have a Twitter account. Please use it. It's at the Babble Wagon. Yeah. We're on Facebook there. and all, which you can just find. We don't need to tell you how to do that. Look for Sustainababble. Uh, you can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish and the website address, yeah, obviously, sustainababble.fish. And you know how Hang to get on Hang on a minute, Dave. Hang what? on a minute. What? That's reminding me. We've had another email. Have we? We have, we have. And it is from a mysterious Mr. Will Heim, mm. possibly pronounced Will. 
Who knows? Who knows? And uh, they are accusing us in Sustainable 4, I believe, uh, of, of getting confused between oil and gas in terms of fracking. <sighs> we talked before about fracking, episode two. We talked about fracking a lot. Mostly we've been talking about fracking for gas, which is what's kind of on the cards in the UK. But in the US, they all... Why don't you, seriously, why don't you f*** off? Right, well, uh, <laughs> that's, that's concise. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with Dave on this one. I, I think it's, I think it's cheap. I think it's nasty, and I, I want to see your evidence. Yeah. Uh, so, only email us if you've got something constructive to say. Otherwise, sod off, dear listeners. Yeah, quite right. We don't want to hear from you if you're just going to irritate us. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, you know how to get hold of this podcast, whether you're Wilhelm or not. Uh, you get it on all the normal places. This was Sustainable Seven. We've been Dave and Ollie. I think we're done, aren't we? All right. Cheers, Dave. See you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.